Nearly one million older adults in the U.S. reside in assisted living communities. Over half of the residents are age 85 years or older. Paying to reside in an assisted living community is likely a major consideration when selecting the right fit for yourself or a loved one. If you're struggling to decipher how much assisted living costs, you're not alone. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Paying for Assisted Living, we are joined by Certified Senior Advisor, Randy Chipman. Well, welcome, Randy. It's a pleasure to have you here today with us. Thanks, Cheryl. I'm happy to be here. Well, Randy, what services are typically provided when living in an assisted living community? Great question. Um, assisted livings vary in the uh, care they can provide. And I think this is a great place to start when talking about how much assisted living costs, because a lot of people do get a little bit of sticker shock when they hear you know, what assisted living can cost. But when comparing to what's actually included in assisted living, there's quite a bit of value that individuals and seniors receive. So, for example, assisted living is going to provide with help with activities of daily living, which if you're if that phrase sounds uh, unfamiliar to you, there is a, another podcast episode you can go back and listen to about activities of daily living. They're going to manage your medication for you. Uh, meals are provided typically, housekeeping, laundry service, uh, transportation. Um, and a big thing that people uh, don't think about is the recreational and social environment that uh, individuals participate in when they're living in a community. A lot of people tell me, you know, Randy, my mom just where she's good at home. She wants to stay home. And my question is always, OK, well, what is she doing all the day, all day? Right. So she's just sitting there watching the news. That's not really great for anybody. And so the social interaction with individuals is a huge aspect and component to the value received when you're when you're somewhere. Of course, they provide a custom well wellness kit, uh, personalized care plans, all of those things to make sure they're safe and taken care of. Uh, thanks, Randy. This is great information, and it sounds like there's just such an encompassing amount of services that can be accessed when one is living in an assisted living community. You know, so I was wondering, as families begin their search for a care community for their loved one, and one of the big questions that always comes up, it seems like, is how much will it cost? So what is the average cost to reside in an assisted living community across the U.S.? And I recognize it probably varies by market, Correct. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely people's first question when thinking about or talking about or planning for assisted living. The first question is, well, how much does it cost? And it certainly does vary based on location and a number of different factors that we can get into. But typically, the average cost nationwide is about $4,500 a month for assisted living. That's not us just making up that number. That's a Genworth financial data point. And we'll link that in the show notes and on the website where you can actually go look that up to your own specific market. They drill down to city, state, uh, metro market, whatever it is you want to look at. The range can really range anywhere from $2,500 to as much as $10,000 a month. Randy, that is quite an extensive range. Can you share what factors impact overall assisted living costs? Sure. There's really four main factors that go into the total cost of being in an assisted living. The first, of course, is location. Just like any real estate, um, location is a huge factor. So if you're in Seattle, for example, or New York or Connecticut, you're going to pay a lot more than you are in Salt Lake City, for example, where I'm at. 
And so location is a number one driver. And even within the market, you're going to have different costs within the market based on location within that area. The other, the second main factor that goes into the, uh, the total cost is the level of care that you need. So if you're completely independent and you don't really need a whole lot of care, um, then it's going to be a lot less than if you need a lot of care. So if you have dementia or Parkinson's or something to that effect, and you need a lot of care, it's going to be more expensive. The third main factor going into the cost is the size of an apartment you need or that you want. So buildings, communities typically have everything from a small studio apartment to a large two-bedroom, two-bath apartment in some cases. And so if you want a larger apartment, sure, you're going to pay a little bit more for that. But if you're comfortable and satisfied in a smaller apartment, that's a great way to save some money. The fourth factor that goes into the cost is just the amenities and services that are provided at an assisted living. And this is really where you can get some of these newer, uh, prettier, fancier five-star resort communities that provide you know, everything from water aerobics in a swimming pool to, you know, just the typical bingo that every community is going to have your bingo at two o'clock in the afternoon every day or something like that. Right. So I will say this, there is a great option at every price point. So I tell this to people all the time, don't assume you can't afford it because in every market, in every area, there's typically uh, great assisted livings in, in the entire range. So don't assume you can't go to assisted living or don't not plan and prepare and talk about it and think about it without talking to an expert in your local market. Randy, so thanks for outlining those four key factors. I was wondering, how do people pay for assisted living communities then? And they're all the care that's needed. And that's, I think, the the hot topic of the conversation, right? Uh, the primary purpose of our conversation today is is how do you pay for it? And there's really, uh, again, comes down to four main principles of, of paying for four main ways that people pay for assisted living. The first and primary way that people pay for assisted living is just to privately pay it. Now, this involves your income, your savings, your retirement, the sale of your home, just your own personal fun- funds. And that's how most people are paying for assisted living. Um, The second way that people pay for assisted living is with long-term care insurance. And long-term care insurance is insurance specifically designed to help pay for, you know, assisted living and long-term care. Um, But of course, with every insurance policy, you have to have the policy before you need it, right? So you can't think, oh, I'm going to move to assisted living. Let me get long-term care insurance. That's not how it works. The best time to get long-term care insurance is really in your 50s and early 60s, 60s before you have any major health issues. So long-term care insurance is fantastic, but if you're reactionary here looking for assisted living and not proactive, then that's not going to help. The third main way people help pay for assisted living is through the veterans pension benefit. And this used to be called the aid and attendance pension. So you may have heard, you may hear people reference aid and attendance, aid and attendance or the venture veterans pension. The veterans pension benefit is a fantastic uh, benefit to all veterans that serve active duty during wartime and their spouses Mm -hmm. and their surviving spouses. So a lot of people forget about that, that, okay, maybe my dad served, but he passed away and my mom now needs assisted living. That's a great uh, resource for surviving spouses of veterans. And for a veteran, it can be anywhere. It can be up to $2,600 a month. Um, And for a surviving spouse can be over $1,400 a month. 
And that's all tax-free money that will go to their care. There is some caveats and limitations to qualifying for that. So again, you'll want to talk to an expert on that. Um, But generally speaking, if they're a veteran, they served active duty, you know, it's definitely something you want to, you want to look into. The fourth and kind of last resort to pay for assisted living is Medicaid. Medicaid is a, this is a tricky one because Medicaid certainly varies by state and every state operates their Medicaid program a little bit differently. So the only way to know for sure on Medicaid piece is talk to somebody locally in your area. Some states are fantastic and provide a great uh, waiver program for assisted livings and some states don't provide it at all. And so Medicaid's just a state-by-state resource that you have to look into locally. So Randy, does Medicare cover anything in assisted living? Great question. I think I missed, uh, skipped over that because Medicare doesn't pay for assisted living. And a lot of people assume that, it, that you know, hey, my mom's on Medicare, she's covered, we're good to go. But Medicare doesn't pay for any assisted living. They will pay for some short-term rehab in a nursing home, and they do pay for some home health for a short term. But Medicare uh, by itself doesn't pay for any assisted living. And the thing to remember is assisted living and nursing homes are very different. And I think we actually have another fantastic podcast episode that if you go back on and look on the website, the differences between assisted living and nursing homes, because there are some serious, some significant differences there that you'll want to be aware of. That's a great tip, Randy. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. I just had another thought because the cost can really add up for assisted living. Like you mentioned, it varies by community. And because obviously it's tax season as well, I guess we're always preparing for taxes. That's what I'm, I think about is that we're looking forward to you know, preparing for tax season. Is, is this a, anything deductible for assisted living? Right. Great question. And, uh, yeah, it is tax season and, and it's certainly something that everybody has to think about. Um, and the answer is again, I'm not a, I'm not a, licensed accountant. I'm not a certified tax professional. So the advice, the caveat here is consult your IRS enrolled agent, but it certainly can be. And so the amount you pay for assisted living um, is uh, a lot like any other healthcare costs that you incur. So there are some caveats that uh, to that, but it certainly can be deductible. And so if you are paying for assisted living, either for a spouse or even a uh, dependent uh, dependent adult, then you want to look into that and talk to your local expert to find out if you can use that as a healthcare deduction on your taxes. Thanks, Randy. Really great tip to check with your financial advisor and also your accountant, what may be tax deductible. So on that line of other financial considerations, what are some things that older adults and caregivers should be aware of when considering assisted living? Yeah, there's there's a lot that can go into that. And one thing that we try to encourage people to look at and consider before moving into assisted living is to realize and understand that the cost might increase over time, right? So you might be pretty independent moving into a building or a community and might need more care in the future. So a lot of communities have tiered pricing where the total cost you pay depends on how much care they can provide or how much care you need. And so the cost of care is certainly something to to evaluate and understand when you move into a community, is this an all-inclusive price that you're looking at that's going to be the same indefinitely, or can that cost increase over time? 
Um, the other thing to consider is, are there additional fees? Most communities are charging or will charge kind of a move-in fee or a deposit. And so you got to understand fully, like, what is the total cost? Do I have to pay separately for transportation or do I have to pay separately for things or services that I want um, that may or may not be included? So um, understanding what those additional fees might be is a huge component. The other piece is understanding, do I, am I eligible for, you know, any other uh, financial assistance like Medicaid that we talked about earlier? So that's something that you need to think about and look into if that's something. Um, and that's kind of part of a looking at and doing an entire estate planning process where meeting with financial advisors and uh, estate planning attorneys to understand and plan for and prepare kind of the entire process. And then, of course, if you're, you know, in your 50s and early 60s looking for uh, looking at into getting long term care insurance, that's a huge component of it. And if you can plan ahead, you know, get something like that set up for yourself or for loved ones, it pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Randy, for sharing these tips. And I was wondering if you could share some of your insight on how to start the conversation about developing that plan to prepare to pay for assisted living. Sure. This is a tough one, right? Nobody, you know, wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I want to go to assisted living today. Right. So you have to, you know, think about it and talk about it and plan for it. Um, and I don't think this is a one-time event either. I don't think this is a one-time conversation with your loved one to say, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to knock this out and we're going to plan for the future. I think this is an ongoing conversation with your loved ones you know, choosing the right place and time where it may just be a snippet of a conversation here or there, you know, maybe you're at Thanksgiving and you're talking with your parents or a loved one and you mention it and you start to talk about it. Um, you know, so there is a right place and time. And I do think it happens over time. But the other component is when um, when it needs to happen, you do have to be honest and direct. You have to have a, a very frank conversation. A lot of times this involves getting a doctor involved. And sometimes that can be super helpful um, or even third party professionals involved. That can be, you know, maybe an outside source where. You know, parents don't want to listen to their children sometimes as much as we didn't want to listen to our parents when we we're growing up. You know, it, the tables turn a little bit. And so we don't want to listen to children saying, hey, you you know, we got to look at this. So getting a third party involved, doctors and other senior professionals is super helpful. And then researching options and even looking at options before you need them is huge because a lot of people have this uh, stigma or stereotype of what an assisted living is, but actually looking at one, realizing that, oh, this is actually a really nice place and I could see myself living here. The food's great. I don't have to clean. I don't have to cook, all of these things. And so overcoming these stereotypes um, is a huge piece of it as well. Well, thank you, Randy, for sharing this information with our listeners and just asking if there's other thoughts you'd like to share, especially with your experience in helping older adults and caregivers navigate this whole paying for assisted living care and services. Yeah, I would say that the 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 hard reality is that, you know, this is something that everybody needs to talk about and think about and plan for. The data, I think, is over 70% of everybody over the age of 65 is going to need some sort of assisted living or long-term care. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm pretty young and healthy, you know, this isn't for, this isn't for us. We're never going to need it. That's not really the reality. Um, we hear all the time, like, oh, I was born in this house. I've lived in this house 60 years. I'm going to die in this house. Well, that's not, you know, sometimes the safest option either, right? 
The other thing I I would caution people is don't don't promise things that you can't deliver on. So, for example, I had many conversations with people that have said, I just promised my mom I'd never move her to a community. And that's a tough thing to do, right? Because, you know, in our heart of hearts, of course, we want our mom and dad to stay in their home for as long as possible and be be there. But we need to make sure they're safe and we need to make sure they're taken care of. And so some of those some sometimes that is is best done in in a community that has professionals that can do that. And so the the key I guess the big takeaway is start early and um and and often. So have the conversation as as often as it's appropriate and as things come up and as you're driving around and you see places, you know, talk about it, you know. And uh, having those open and honest conversations um, is really where that helped alleviate some of the stress down the road. Thank you, Randy, for sharing this important information with our listeners today and providing such valuable insight. To view resources, show notes, and access more MyCare Advisors episodes, visit MyCareAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote from Tia Walker. To care for those who once cared for you is one of the highest honors. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.